everyone, and welcome back to A Cup of Coffee. Uh, my name is Amon, and I'm here with my co-host, Omer, and our guest, Labiba. Hi, everyone. Uh, today, we're joined by Labiba. Labiba, why don't you introduce yourself? Um, hi, I'm Labiba, and um, some of you might know my sister, who's Aisha. She goes to UTD, so I'm her sister. All right, awesome. Uh, it's very nice to have you here. Uh, a lot of cool things that we could uh, we could talk about. I'm very excited for this episode. Um, but I guess we'll start with a question that we love to ask everyone. Um, what is something you are passionate about slash like a really huge nerd about? Okay, um, I think something I'm really passionate about is I don't think I'd say I'm like a huge nerd about it, but I'm very passionate about um, like using your voice. I think that's something that's super important. Um, I'm 17, so I can't vote yet, but that's something I'm very passionate about when I do get to vote. Um, I think that's like something I really want to be able to use that as um, an impact. I think a lot of people like tend to push that aside when they think about their civic duty because it's like, oh, it's just going to the polls and voting. But that's something that's really important. You can make a big impact with that. And not just on like the national elections level, but like on the local elections level. I think mm -hmm. people forget to do that a lot. Um, and it's like people sometimes don't even know when those local election dates are, but you can make so much of an impact. Um in your in your city and like what are what is affecting your daily life by just going to the polls and voting so that's something i'm very passionate about yeah um omar i believe in plano it's june 5th right uh yeah and early voting is going on right now and yeah, yeah definitely i have to agree with you there especially in local elections and i think like an example i saw last year was because the voter turnout here is pretty bad mm -hmm. all right and so one of the can and so like we had like council city council elections like a couple of years ago and like you know i i voted for one person she didn't get in the her opponent got in right uh and basically the whole thing last year with the whole pandemic and all was getting really bad right last year and so the city voted to you know have a mask mandate or not and sort of they went to they dropped the mask mandate because of like one council members vote right so it just shows like how much of a difference your voice can make in local elections because if enough people had come and turned out and turned out um maybe we could have had a mask mandate that you know less people could have gotten sick and things like that yeah definitely would have been would have been a lot better um i think yeah it's it's just something that's really huge i think the voter turnout in plano is like <clears throat> just a couple thousand people maybe so it's really huge like if just like, like a couple like the i think the race is decided by like less than 100 votes sometimes so it's it's really really important um and for those of you that live in plano june 5th so don't forget but yeah that is super important and i think um what i guess like everyone that knows you labiba and that um like sees this episode and sees that you're on here is going to be wondering when we're going to ask you about this, but um, you were on the news. So tell us about that experience and um, what what it was for, um, how how everything started, just like the whole story behind it, how the experience was, were you nervous? Uh, did you enjoy it? Just, just everything about it. Um, yeah, so I was on CBS 11 a couple days ago, like I think about a week ago. Um, because I was chosen as a U.S. presidential scholar recently. Um, so basically what that's for, it's um, like they'll select a bunch of students across the United States to apply for this um, this like recognition program based on your general academics and your community service leadership kind of initiatives and stuff. Um, and you can also be selected for art and career technical kind of successes. And so they choose one boy and one girl from each state. Um, so there were five from Texas, if you saw that was because mm -hmm. there was one boy and then me as the girl and then three other students who were chosen for career and technical and art um, nice. successes. So. Um, so, yeah, that's basically why I was on the news. Um, it was very exciting. I think um, my family was definitely more excited than I was. I, I mean, I always say I was excited, but um, especially my mom. My mom was very jumpy about it. Um, she's so cute. Um, I personally really enjoyed it. The, my, um, the news anchor that was with me, Rachel O'Neill, she was super great. Um, she was really funny. She just made me feel super comfortable. Um, my dad was really nervous. <laughs> that was adorable too. Um, but he really enjoyed being on there. Um, and I think it was just really cool. Um, 
like I know I posted it like on my Facebook and stuff and I told all my friends that I was going to be on it so that was cool that they got to see it but I think what was cooler was like when people would like text me out of the blue and they'd be like oh I saw you on the news and I was like yeah. I didn't know people watched the news so that's kind of cool <laughs> um but yeah that was really cool so um it wasn't it was an interesting experience I'm like you know it's a once in a lifetime thing so yeah. you know we saved all those clips and stuff but yeah yeah, that is really amazing. I saw the um, I saw the clips on the news. I was like, "What? This is so crazy!" Someone that we know that just got onto the news. It was amazing, and then they showed that video of you when making dua for being get, getting into Harvard when you were little. Uh, that was amazing. Uh, it was it was really really cool. Um, just all yeah, like all the stuff that Aisha's been sending in the, in the group <laughs> chat about um, you being on the news, and then your valedictorian speech was really really good. Um, Thank you. I did love when you said dare to dream it was amazing. Um, and then just so much about it. It was, it was a really great speech. So congratulations first on all of these uh, accomplishments and the presidential scholarship getting it to Harvard. I see you're repping it right now. Yeah. <laughs> really cool. I like the matching scarf too. <laughs> Pretty Thank <cool>. you. <laughs> um, I wore this one on the news too. So people are going to think I have one hijab and that's it. <laughs> So. this is your interview hijab it is yeah i have to wear it i don't have no choice it's it's a good yeah. one John. yeah exactly yeah. See, when you, when I, did, I actually did wear this one during my harvard interview so wow it so, might actually yeah there when, might be something yeah. about it when you're when you're on a late night talk show in a couple of years you've got to be wearing that too exactly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> awesome very, very nice. Um, and I guess like a follow up to, um, you know, mashallah, all of your accomplishments, really incredible stuff. Um, so one thing that I really want to know, and I'm sure a lot of people want to know as well is how do you manage your time? Like, what is your, what does your day look like? If you've gotten so far in so many ways, I know you're a Hafiza as well. Those of you that don't know, um, I mean, she's memorized the whole Quran. Mashallah, really, really incredible thing. Um, so how do you manage your time? What do your days look like? And what tips do you have to like anyone that's struggling to manage their time. Yeah. Um, Alhamdulillah, I would say that, um, like one thing that's really helped me, my dad has like always instilled it very early on. Like you can ask my sister too. Um, we're a very like organized family. Mm -hmm. um, my dad said that on the news too. You can see that. Yeah. Um, but like from a very young age, I think when my dad like used to go to college and stuff, he used to keep a diary and stuff. And he used to like write down how much time he's spending and everything. So I don't do that particularly, but I do use a planner. I think that's something that's very important to me that like I have to have things written down or else I'm going to forget them. And I know a lot of people are like, oh, no, it's OK. Like, I, I'll remember that I have a test next Wednesday. You won't. And even if you do, it's like you're not going to it's if you have that visual reminder, you're going to be like, OK, I need to set my time like this. So using a planner is something that really helps me personally. Um, and like using a planner also helps with another step of that, which is prioritizing things. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, I know for myself, like, um, like you mentioned, I'm a Hafiza. So like when I come home, the first thing I do usually is like, I read my Quran first because I know that if I don't do it, I'm going to get so caught up with my work that it's going to be 2 a.m. And then I'm going to be like, well, I don't have time to read Quran. And then I'm just going to go to sleep instead. Right. Yeah. So if you do those things, if you prioritize, you say, okay, this is something that's very important to me. I have to get this done first. Um, a lot of times it's easy for you to be like, okay, this is a really big thing. This is a priority of mine. So I'm going to do it last. I personally don't stand by that. Yeah. I think it's really important to get those priorities done first because then you have more time to get those other things out of the way um, after you're done with like the big things, right? Yeah. You, you think that you've actually accomplished things so you can more relaxed, you can be more relaxed when you do those other things. So um, I, that's, that's the tips that I would give is prioritize and also use a planner. I know like sometimes it's really annoying. A lot of like, like my classmates that are guys that'll ask me those kinds of things. I'll be like, use a planner. And they're always like, not for me. And yeah. I'm like, yes, it is. It can be. It, it, I think it can be for everyone. Uh, writing things down really helps me. So that's something I would say. Yeah. Does that mean that you don't procrastinate or? <laughs> no. <laughs> I, was like, I, I don't think I've met a single person <laughs> that doesn't procrastinate. Yeah. No, you'll see like this perfect pristine image of me. <laughs> That's not me. Um, I procrastinate a lot. Um, I procrastinate on my college applications. I, I procrastinate on getting on this call. Like I procrastinate <laughs> on everything. Um, but I think I would procrastinate more if I did not do the things I do. So, mm. um, you know, people say like, oh, like I, I procrastinate because I know that I'll still be able to get things done even with procrastinating. I think for myself personally, I would not be able to if yeah. I was not like it's just much worse if I don't, if I'm not putting in those precautions. So, mm -hmm. um, as much as I do procrastinate, I don't think it's as bad as it could be. So, okay. yeah. Yeah. There was this really interesting, uh, Ted talk that I saw about procrastination. Right. And, um, it's like, it was probably millions of views. Um, a lot of y'all probably might've seen it, but basically what, what he was talking about was, um, 
that there's like so there's you know doing things on time right which is where like you know you'll get it like decent work done and then doing it at the very very last minute when you're just in a state of panic and you don't even have enough time to like do it correctly that's really really bad procrastination but then there's spot there's a spot in the middle right where like the the rush comes in and you realize that you don't have that much time so then your brain starts working overtime and you get like all of your best work done at that time. And I know we've all been there at some point. Um, and the way that the way he, des he described it was hilarious. He was like, basically like, you know, there's your brain and then there's like this monkey inside of your brain that will like drive you crazy until you get the work done. Um, so it's going to be silent until that point where like you really need to get your work done. And then it's going to be telling you that you really, really need to get your work done and you'll get good work done. But if you wait too late, then the monkey's just going to take over and then it's, it's going to do the work for you. And so that's the point that we don't want to get to. I thought it was just really funny. And it's, um, it, it is, it is usually how we work. There's that like, there's a reason for our procrastination. <laughs> we do it so that we can do our best work under pressure. Yeah, I think there's there's a such thing as healthy procrastination. My mom's going to kill me for saying that. <laughs> but I think there is a such thing as healthy procrastination. But um, if you don't know how to manage that, then that can mm -hmm. very quickly turn into very toxic procrastination. So, oh, yeah, yeah, don't let it turn into that. Uh, it's yeah, too I late for that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, we procrastinated on this podcast for six months. Yeah, it's so, been a while. So <laughs> you can ask us. Yeah, but, the, the, the monkeys, the monkeys escaped at this point. I don't know. <laughs> Even he got tired of waiting. <laughs> but that's really cool. Um, so I guess this is kind of going back to the passion question, but um, just out of curiosity, like, is there something that you're a huge nerd about? Like, um, that you like? If we asked you, you could just talk about it for like hours and hours. Um, so I guess a lot of people would quantify, like just classify me as a nerd. So I am, um, an academic decathlete, if you guys know what that is. Wow. So I did academic yeah. decathlon all four years of high school. I actually also did pentathlon in wow. middle school. Um, so I am a nerd in a couple different subjects. Um, I think out of all of those, my favorite, so basically I should probably explain what that is. So yeah. academic decathlon, um, every year we have a theme, um, and we have 10 subjects, obviously, decathlon. Mm -hmm. So seven of those subjects are uh, objective. So we have like math. Math is just like regular math. Um, and then we have like science, history, art, music, econ, and language and literature. And then we have three subjective events. So those are essay, um, speech, and interview. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of like an overall comprehensive kind of thing. And each year we have a theme for those seven objective events. And that's what we like take tests on and compete in and stuff like that. So um, my freshman year, I did a whole, oh, I guess I'll start from my eighth grade year. We did a whole curriculum on World War II. Mm -hmm. um, my freshman year, we did a curriculum on Africa. Um, then we did a curriculum on 1960s in America. And then we did the Cold War. Um, and then my junior year, I think we did health and medicine, something like that, like the history of health. Um, I think out of all of those, my favorite is probably my freshman year when we learned about Africa. So, yeah. Um, yeah, so I can name all 54 African countries if you'd like me to. Wow. Um, so fun things. Um, and like, it's it's really cool because like that's something that you don't really learn in, uh, like in history class yeah. at school, right? Like you learn like the basic like African history and stuff that like pertains to world history, but you don't really like delve into like each of those, um, each of those countries within the continent and um, like the different histories like before colonization, right? Um, and then the the movements for colonialism and stuff and how they fought back against that. Um, and then also like how like the art and music plays into that and how mm -hmm. that's like affected their economy in like in the present day kind of thing. So um, I think that like the thing I really like about ACTEC is that like we get to delve into those topics that you don't really get to in um, regular history in like high school. Um, and you also get to see it in like a more comprehensive view, like seeing like how the art and music plays into it and how the literature plays into it. That's something yeah. I personally really enjoy. Like I absolutely hate art, but I love art history. I think it's really interesting like to see how um, how the history of a people can change how they're like expressing themselves. So um, yeah. yeah, so that's something if... If you want me to name all 54 African countries, I, yeah, we may get I to can. That, but yeah. <laughs> I can work for it, though. I'm, I'm sure yeah. 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 But that, that is, that is absolutely uh, incredible. It's just so cool to see how, like, certain, like, sometimes it's not what you do in school, but, like, the technically you did that, like, with your school. So, like, it wasn't in your classes, but it was something outside of it that, like, you know, like it sparks passion and then it makes you like genuinely interested. And it's actually something that's so, so cool to learn. Um, yeah. So that is really yeah, I, cool. I think, def yeah, definitely your was extracurriculars in school definitely, you know, really enhance that experience just because we, pro we probably wouldn't be doing this podcast if we didn't do debate together for three years in yeah. high school. Yeah, definitely. Debate was probably, despite the fact that we only went to a few tournaments, 
just feeling that like rush of, of speaking and like learning more and more that like, you know, it's not actually about knowing what you're talking about. It's more about being confident and pretending like you know what you're talking about, right? Which is like the entirety of this podcast, right? So yeah. it's it's just a really, uh, really cool thing. And I think, um, I guess like, this is sort of a question, like, what do you feel is the importance of of those extracurriculars or of like things outside of school that drive passion and um like for someone that's younger maybe or even older that's struggling to find it like how would you like how do you find those passions and then like um i guess yeah like how did how did you get started and what's the importance of finding passions outside of school um i think a lot of people try to like stay restricted in their box and that's kind of the problem that happens when they're like find your passion. People can't find it because they think that they have to do these certain things, right? Um, a lot of people like, um, particularly like in high school and stuff, right? You're like getting ready for your college apps. Um, and some parents like start that from like freshman year. Some parents start that from like first grade, you know? And so they're like, you have to do these activities or else you're not going to get into these elite colleges or whatnot. Um, and that's not true at all, right? Mm -hmm. What's what's important when you're trying to find your activities um, and you're trying to find your passion is doing things that you like. Um, and I know like that sounds like, okay, like how am I supposed to do that then? Um, get involved in things that you think that you would you you might enjoy or things that you would never have tried before. Like if something sounds cool to you, go figure out what it is, right? Um, I did act deck because um, I did pentathlon in middle school when a friend of mine had invited me. He said, I think you would like this. And I thought, okay, like I'll give it a shot. And I actually enjoyed, I really enjoyed it. And so then I ended up doing decathlon for four years and it was something that like, is very impactful for my life. It's one of the main things about me. Um, I, um, I'm also like passionate about like, um, like public policy and stuff like that. Um, because, uh, I did a summer in girl state a couple years ago. Um, and that like kind of influenced me to like, understand like what's important about like my public opinion and stuff like that. And then from there, I went and got involved in Congress campaigns. Like you have to have like that drive within yourself to see, like give things a shot. Like, even if you don't think that you might like them at first, you should give things a shot and then see how that turns out. If you like it, you, you should keep going in that thing. And you don't have to be restricted to that box of like, okay, like I am, like I'm going into pre-medicine, right? Mm -hmm. Those things don't have anything to do with that. Yeah. Um, and I know that when I was applying for colleges, I was like super worried about that because they always tell you, you need like, you need these passion projects. You need to have like, you need to show colleges that you have a goal, that you're you're on this track and you know what you're doing. You know, you need to have like these certain research things and stuff like that. And that really freaked me out because I didn't have any research things um, I tried for a couple of health things, but they just weren't working for me. Um, but you don't need to be like restricted to those boxes because so many kids will come into to, to high school thinking, OK, I need to go into medicine or I need to go into business. And so they only do these kinds of related activities. But that's not true. Like you you are a multidimensional person and that's just how it is for every individual out there. So you need to be involved with things that are interesting you and not just your parents or your friends or your like your kind of like career track right mm -hmm. do things that um excite you and like actually call to what you like what you think um you should be as a, like as a person like as a human being not just as like a career yeah very incredible advice i needed some of that myself if i'm being honest um so really great stuff thank you so much um and I guess uh, on a little bit of a lighter note, um, we keep switching back and forth, but that's kind of how this goes. Um, yeah. Over. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, just going off that theme of inspiration, and I was reading uh, one of your printed interviews. I don't know if that was the same interview, just transcripted or a separate one. But uh, like at the end, you mentioned that you'd be doing some reading uh, in the summer, uh, including the Throne of Glass series, I believe. Uh, and I was just, that just got me wondering because um, a lot of people are inspired by different things throughout their life. It's not just people around them, but what they read, uh, you know, what they watch and read, and you know, even that inspires them to to pursue the path of the art. So that just got me wondering: um, is there any piece of fiction that inspires you? Um, a lot, and I probably can't name like all of them at the top of my head. Um, but one thing that I, one book that like really stuck with me, I read it a long time ago. I think I was like in fourth or fifth grade. Um, have you guys ever read Out of My Mind? No. Oh my god, such a good book. Okay, really? you have to read it. Like, I'll put it yeah, on put it on your list like right away. Okay, it's such a good book. I think it was like on like a blue bonnet list or something. I'm not sure. I can't remember. But like, I read it when I was very young, um, and it impacted me a lot. In um, so basically, it's about this girl, and it's written from her perspective. Um, she's um, she's disabled from birth, and um, 
like her struggles with that because like the people around her are constantly thinking that like oh she like doesn't know anything or like she's just not like on the insane intellectual level but the truth is like she's she's very smart and she like makes like these connections that no one else would um and so she's been going to like these like special schools that have kind of been like dumbing things down for her I guess you could say and they're like trying to suppress um whatever kind of intellectual growth she's trying to have um but then eventually when she gets to like middle school or high school um, her parents finally put her like in a regular school that's like allowing for integration and um she gets involved with like um with like the quiz bowl kind of thing kind of team there um and I don't want to spoil it but there was like this the one scene in the book that just like impacted me so much I was like oh my god um and I think the book like really opened me up to super big like like just being open to perspectives um from a young age and like also just like knowing that like you never know what's going on in someone else's life right you never know what's going on in their head um you never know how your small actions can eventually lead to a big action or how those small actions can really impact someone in a way that's like irreversible right so like always being mindful of how you treat others that's something that's very important to me like how how you're coming off to others when you're like, when you're approaching them, when you're talking to them, um, do the, d- does that person feel welcome when you're talking to them? Right. I think that's so important because like, if you want that kind of energy reciprocated, you have to be willing to give that energy to everyone, no matter, um, no matter who they are, what you think they are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's right. super, super important just to like, know, cause sometimes, yeah, I mean, I've met people that like, I didn't find out until years later what they were going through at the time and it's like sometimes people are just really really good at hiding it and you just never really know like when someone needs to to hear something or when someone needs you to ask like how how they're doing even um and so just treating people in that way is so so important yeah absolutely i think like the smallest actions are the ones that have the biggest impact Mm -hmm. whether that's in the good way or like in the bad way so we have to be mindful of those all the time all right because you never know when someone's teetering on the whichever edge they are and just one little touch can just send them over. Yeah, definitely. Um, I remember this one story and it's a little bit, um, it's a little bit darker than, than most, but the, it was what our um, debate teacher was telling us. And uh, I think when I was in 10th grade, uh, so I don't know if you were in my class, I mean, it was Mr. McCaffrey. He was telling us about the story. Um, this one kid, I forgot which school he went to, but it was, in the DFW area and he was like really really depressed and his family went out of town for like a weekend and he decided that that weekend was when he was going to just end it all right he decided that he wasn't going like he didn't want to live after that right and he goes to this debate tournament over the weekend and then he's like that night I'm gonna do it and he I think he gave a speech or something um, over there. And this, he said, like, he told himself that if someone says something nice to me or does something nice to me, then I won't do it. But he just hadn't felt that in so long. And on that day, someone came up to him and told him he made a really great speech and made him feel really good about it. And then he didn't end up doing it. And he was able to tell the story later, but like, just that, like, imagine that big of an impact for something so small that someone had said, because sometimes people just don't hear something nice said about them or you know they just don't feel that 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 feeling um you know when someone asks you like genuinely how are you doing today and i mean i've been in situations where like you know it's um me and and my friend gamra we always ask people how we're how they're doing and one time we were at a grocery store and we asked this guy how he was doing and he was honest with us he was like i'm not doing well i got laid out laid off of my other job and um you know things aren't going well but sometimes people will be honest with you and you can tell they feel a little bit better after talking about it and so just those those little things can sometimes go a much longer way than you th- really think they can. Yeah, if I might, the like, um, I know, like, during high school and stuff, like, mental health is something that, like, a lot of people don't like talking about because it makes them uncomfortable. Um, but, like, um, a lot of stressed out students can relate to that with, like, no matter what, like, how old you are, right? Um, and um, especially, I think, like, people that are, like, striving to, like, be perfect in their grades and also, like, balance these extracurricular activities and mm-hmm. stuff, um, it's very possible for your mental health to, like, kind of be on the edge and stuff. Um, and I know that was, like, this the case for me a lot of the time, even though people, like, constantly think that it's not it really I think it really is and that's like 
the moments that you think that it's not is probably the moments that it's the worst mm-hmm. for, for some people. Right. Um, and so I think in those moments, like it's really important to have a really strong support system. And um, a lot of that is something that you build yourself, but a lot of that is also something that the people around you have to be willing to do for you. Yeah. 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 I think, yeah, I think definitely people underestimate how difficult it, it can be for high schoolers. I mean, especially for those that are, you know, striving to achieve a lot of academically, they're juggling a lot on their plate on top of the regular, you know, stuff that comes with being a teenager in high school. Right. Yeah. So I think, you know, mental health definitely isn't talked about enough and people, you know, people need to try more to give high schoolers the support systems they need. And in general, there needs to be a lot more communication that from, from high schoolers to their support systems as well. Just just because all of the times, you know, I was in high school, you know, high schools do have a tendency to, you know, hide their problems from others as well. And just, yeah. uh, you know, just encouraging that communication, that sharing is a whole other, other obstacle besides having that support system mm-hmm. in the first place. <clears throat> yeah, I think I'm I'm glad that nowadays um therapy doesn't have as much stigma surrounding it, but I have uh, met like a select few that think like, you know, like I'm not going to go to therapy because uh, you know, it's like oh, not for me or because like so you have to have something seriously wrong with you if you're going to therapy, right? And I'm like, no, I think all, I think everyone at some point in their life could use therapy because we all go through something at some point. I I believe personally that like everyone's given as much as they can deal with. Right. And that means that we're all going through something at some point. Right. Um, which means that we could all use a support system. And if we don't have a good support system or maybe sometimes we need something a little bit extra, then that might be the way to go is therapy or at least look into, you know, journaling and spending time on your mental health. Um, specifically, just set aside time in the day to figure out what's happening in your head and what's going what's going wrong and figure out how to, like, help yourself because it's such an important thing. Um, but I think slowly but surely we're getting there um, where it's something that can be talked about. But then again, like you see a lot of the times, like something has to happen for people to start talking about it. And then they'll stop, they'll stop talking about it after uh, like a couple of weeks. I guess that kind of is the same way with, uh, I mean, you guys, I don't even have to tell you what's happening in Palestine and um, all of these other places in the world. Every time something happens, it's we talk about it for a few weeks and then it's completely gone. It's as if, you know, a couple of weeks after everyone found out about those internment camps in China, nobody really cared about it anymore. And then in Palestine, they're going to forget very soon. And in fact, not everybody even knows what's going on because the news is relaying it as, um, you know, Israel got attacked first and, you know, all of these different things are happening, you know, so it's it's tough um but we need to continue talking about these things even though they might be uncomfortable subjects um i mean i even saw uh and i guess this is just to to put in perspective uh how much these things are being censored and how much they're being put down i had some friends that were trying to raise money to help people in palestine and some of their posts got taken down because they were saying the truth about what was going on in palestine and how things were instagram literally took down their posts because that's how how harshly these things are being censored so it is a pretty big deal so yeah i think in those moments that's like what's super important it's like um like when things are getting taken down right or like your voice keeps like constantly getting suppressed it's like kind of easy to be like am i on the wrong side but like um that's why it's so important to like be confident like i said that it's in my speech but like be confident in who you are and what you believe and stuff like that um because when you have that conviction no one can take your voice away no matter how many posts they take down right as long as you you know what you believe and you you know that you're on the side of truth and like there's no way that god's gonna let that fail right Mm -hmm. like you have to the only thing that's important for you, for you to do is to make sure that you keep doing what you're doing, right? Don't let them taking away your voice actually take away your voice. Yeah, 100%. Right, because, I mean, even if you get, even if you get, you know, your post taken down, even if your voice gets drowned out, the, the best thing you can have is your resolve and your faith, right? Uh, as, long, as long as you have that, you know, no matter what happens to you, you'll keep going. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like I'm like, I'm a hijabi. Right. Um, and like my school, 
um, I kind of called them out during my speech, but not as much as I'd like to. Um, but we're like, we're almost like 70% white, I'd say. Like we're, we're very not diverse. Like we're, we're getting better, but we're not like the most diverse school in Frisco by any chance. Um, and there, I have heard a lot of things about like wearing hijab and stuff because I am the only hijabi at my school. Um, it's different at like my sister's school. She went to a different school than me. There's a couple more than than just her, but still it's like, it's very yeah. sparse in that, right? Um, and it's easy to like, when people are saying those things, like, you know, you're like, okay, I can just take it off, right? Yeah. Like, and people think that like, especially cause like I've been a hijabi for a very long time. I think like since I was like in fourth grade. So people think that like, okay, you've been doing it for a long time. So there's no, there's no obstacles that come up with that still. That's not true. I think every single day um, as a hijabi or as like a Muslim American, just even that is a struggle, right? Mm -hmm. Like being firm to who you are. Um, and that can like apply to any faith too. Like just like being, being true to who you are. It's so easy to let those voices in and like let them change who you are. But it's more important in those moments when people are like, when people are saying things um, that want you to, that like make you want to turn away from who you are, that's when it's most important to turn to those things that you do believe in. Yeah, definitely. Um, also, <clears throat> the fact that you were the only hijabi at your school and also the only val valedictorian, quite impressive way to represent. Um, but I definitely see uh, what you're saying. And I didn't realize it because I went to Islamic school until I was in eighth grade, right? And then ninth grade, uh, everything changes. I move all the way to Texas and I start going to a public school for the first time. And um, so I don't like, not everyone sees me and thinks that I'm Muslim because I don't like, you know, look, uh, look the part all the time. But once they find out, so I had like this one English class in my ninth grade and I had to come late to that class because I had to pray the her right before it. And so I would come late to that class because I had to pray. And so, you know, I think the teacher had told them like, that's why, like somebody probably asked why I'm coming late every day. And the teacher probably told them that I had to go pray. And so they found out like, because of that, like, oh, I'm Muslim. And I could tell that they were treating me like differently from that day on. Right. And uh, one of them didn't even like hide it. Like he, he would like, like straight up say things to my face. And I was like, it, you know, I don't want to get into the specifics, but it was the first time that I had ever had to deal with something like that um, and see people just like legitimately treating me differently as if I'm not like, like I'm still the same person that you were talking to before you found out I was Muslim. This is, this is actually a part of my identity is something that's really important to me and you're going to treat me differently. Obviously some people have it a lot worse um, than, you know, what, what I've gone through. Um, and it's, it's really, really bad. Uh, it's horrible to see that these kinds of things still happen and that people have to be treated differently because of like where they're from, who they are. Um, it's just it's tough to see that in today's society, especially when, you know, like we had like at Jasper and at Plano West, it was relatively diverse. Um, yeah. So it was weird to see that happening, actually. Yeah, um, I agree. I kind of had a similar experience because when I started doing hijab, I was um, I was actually like homeschooling at the time because I was doing hips. So I wasn't at school. Um, and so when I returned to school, like that was like my first time, like actually wearing hijab again. And it was like the same school district, the same the same schools and stuff. So um, a lot of the friends that I used to have in elementary school, like they're they're wonderful people. Um, but like once you put on a hijab, it kind of you're you're different, you know, mm -hmm. and um, for a little bit, like I was kind of like. I hate to say it, but I was like ashamed of it, you know, like yeah. I would wear it, but like, I was like, okay, I'm just wearing it, you know? And I wouldn't, right. I was very shy. I was very quiet at school. I wouldn't say anything about it ever. Um, people would say things about my religion all the time. I kind of just let that happen, you know? But I think what I've learned recently, um, and especially through high school is that what's important is that like you put your identity first, right? Like reclaim who you are. Don't ever let someone take that away from you. Mm -hmm. Um, so like, like now that it's something that I know that it's like something I firmly believe in, right? Um, and I know I, I firmly believed in, in it back then too, but like it was something that I was like trying to hide away from, I guess. Like even though I was wearing it, people can see it, but like I think I was I was hiding away from it, you know? Yeah. Um, I didn't want to see it on myself. But um, like recently, like it's something that I feel is like very integral to who I am. So like I don't hide away from it. Like, you know, if I introduce someone, like if I introduce myself to someone, that's something like what, that's one of the first things they talk about, yeah. you know, because I'm, I'm proud of it. I'm proud of my religion. I'm proud yeah. of who I am. Um, and like that takes time. But I think it's something that's very important for all of us. Yeah, I think. Yeah, we, we've talked a lot about identity on this show and how, you know, trying to find your true self and just, you know, 
even if there are parts of ourselves that we're not really proud of, they're still part of who we are. And we can, you know, working to face that part of yourself that you maybe at the time aren't proud of. It's like, like a big thing we talked about even in our previous episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, like use, uh, there's a game that I really like to use as an example for this a lot, but it's Persona 4. And I've mentioned it a few times on the show, but the whole central theme around that game was facing your shadow. Uh, basically, the shadow would be a version of themselves that they didn't really like. Like, it was all... them. None of it was, you know, distorted in any way. It was still, like, a part of themselves, like a person who wanted to be liked and did things so that he would be liked. Um, that person that person met their shadow and immediately they, st- they started rejecting it and like, no, this isn't me. Yeah. And that shadow attack- and because of that, that shadow attacked them, right? And so basically, I, f- I feel like that metaphor really works in our actual lives because, you know, when there's a part of ourselves that we don't really like or are proud to admit and when someone and we're, when we're confronted with it we try to reject it and that ends up you know hurting us yeah and so so you know the first step towards you know either changing that part either changing that part of yourself if it's a part of yourself that you don't feel it's good or just you know accepting that as part of who you are is you know accepting that it's there that it's a part that it's you yeah definitely um and Labiba, yeah, I mean, you probably haven't um, encountered this yet. I hope that you do. Um, but what something that I noticed when I first got into college was that it was very different in high school uh, in that, like, on the subject of identity and being who you are, it was the culture there once I got to college, especially the fact that I was at a community college where everyone would be who they were, right? And so in college, you just didn't care, like, what, like nobody cares what anybody else thinks in college. And so I got there and everybody was doing their own thing. And I would meet some of the cool people um, in my classes. I made a friend who was um, building his own RC cars at home. He was the one who taught me how to edit videos for this podcast. Um, I met someone just randomly in one of my classes who was an artist. He gave me some tips about like drawing and stuff like that. That was really, really cool. And people just aren't afraid to say like, you know, this is who I am. This is what I'm interested in. And one of the experiences that where I really realized things were very different in college was because in high school, um, you know, I didn't really like tell people that like, oh, I have to pray, which is why I'm coming late. Um, And so in, in college, like I had this room that I had to go to pray in that um, I saw someone else praying in one time and I asked them if I could use the spot as well. Um, and so, but every time I would go in there because it was somebody else's like room, it was like a student government thing. I would like tell them like, Hey, I'm here to pray. And then I would go in. And after like the first couple of times, like the person that was over there was like, you don't have to like tell us every time you can just go do it. And I was like, what you guys are like this nice over here. It was crazy. It was refreshing. It was, it was such an incredible thing to just see that like everyone was so accepting and they were, because they also just want to be who they are and they just they want that same level of respect back. And it was just such a refreshing experience. So I hope that uh, Harvard is like that for you. Um, I personally can't say because I haven't been there, but I, I'm assuming... Irma? Uh, no, Are you well, sure you haven't been there, I haven't, but, you know, <laughs> probably won't actually soon, but... <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah. college is, is just like that. I think UTD is yeah. the same way as well. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Because uh, we had our own praying prayer room at utd that everyone used right mm-hmm. it was so different uh because Aman was at Colin for a couple, for a year and a half and then moved to utd and then corona happened <laughs> yeah the moment that i got there <laughs> yeah so if you want anyone to blame for covid it's probably Aman. yeah i'm sorry guys. Uh, yeah so yeah but it was so different because in high school uh especially at plano at jasper we got a room and they're pretty accommodating mm-hmm. but at plano west like it felt like we had to jump through hoops to pray. Like we had a spot in the library that they let us use begrudgingly if we made no noise. Yeah. Oh, they kicked us out of it a couple times. It yeah. was like it was really it was really difficult because they were a group, especially on Juma, right? Because we try to have a chutbah and then just um, yeah. pray on Juma, right? But you know. I mean, first of all, you had to try and get your teacher to let you leave for 20 minutes, which is hard enough. Yeah. And then, you know, you had to make sure that the librarian didn't hate you. And mm-hmm. then, yeah, it was, a whole, it was a whole process that, you know, it felt like you 
if I'm like, you know, someone was looking at you through arrival the entire time, mm-hmm. like there was a target on your back. Yeah. UTD yeah, was like also I, a very refreshing experience because of that prayer room that they have. Yeah. And I hear uh, Harvard has a Muslim chaplain, I believe. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I actually know him. Um, yeah. He's, so uh, he used to teach when I was very young at Plano. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. He used to be the resident scholar. Uh, Mm-hmm. Sheikh Khalil, I believe. Oh, no yeah. way. Sheikh Khalil's over yeah. there. That's so cool. Yeah. 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 He, he left a couple of years ago from uh, Plain of Mustard, but yeah, he's over there now. He, he's amazing. So, yeah. I'm very excited. That is really cool. Um, so, what, so, yeah. I think speaking on that now, what are some of the things you're looking forward to uh, going to Harvard? Um, I think uh, a couple things like. On the more basic level, I'm very much looking forward to having real seasons. Um, I think I've had enough of Texas. <laughs> um, yeah, so hey, I mean, I was to see what the weather is tomorrow. <laughs> exactly. I mean, I was born in Texas, and then we spent a couple years up north. We spent a couple years in like I don't know if my sister said this before, but we spent a couple years in Canada, and then um, a couple months in California, and then Michigan. Yeah. Um, but then ever since then, like since I was six, we've been in Texas. So um, I'm looking forward to some new air. I would like to see the leaves like change color into like real colors yeah. um, and like some snow. Uh, I know that I, when I get there, I'm probably going to hate it. I'm going to be like, oh, I have to go to school in the snow. But for right now, I'm excited about it. I'm also very excited about um, the classes. Like, like every time I say it, it just feel, still feels so surreal. Like I know like it feels surreal to other people when they're saying it. Um, but they, they think that I'm kind of like, oh yeah, like I thought I was going to get in, but I really didn't. So it still feels like really yeah. weird to me and really crazy for me to say like, I'm going to Harvard yeah. or like, I'm going to get to like take Harvard classes, sit in like the Harvard classrooms with Harvard professors. Um, because like the classes just sound so cool. Um, and like, just like every time I read into a professor, I'm like, that's so cool. I'm going to take their class. Um, even if I don't have space, but mm-hmm. that's something I'm really excited um, and looking forward to. And then also like the, the, like what you guys said, like the Islamic society and stuff like that there. Um, just like having a community. Cause we didn't have like an MSA or anything at my high school, like, or like we, like you guys were saying, like you have like a prayer room. And I was like, man, I'm jealous because we don't even have enough Muslims there to like even bring that up. So um, that's something I'm looking forward to is like actually having a place to pray on campus or like being able to like have Muslim friends that I can like relate to on like Muslim things on. That's so cool. yeah, that's that's exciting. That should be really great. Yeah, that weather thing. I I think you're you're right. You're gonna be excited when you go. It's a it's a bit of a shock. It was the opposite for me because I moved from Chicago to here, um, and so now I have to deal with the heat in the summers, which is pretty crazy. See, I moved here from Saudi, so yeah, I was like, <laughs> so yeah, where, cool. yeah, yeah. So people keep asking me why I'm wearing a jacket. I'm like, it's not hot, guys. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm used. To, I'm because. I came from where it could go up to 120 degrees and there's no humidity. So it's like an oven. Oh man. I I can't imagine being there, bro. Like, yeah, that dry heat is the worst because you can't even sweat to like cool yourself down (laughs) because you, the way dry heat works is you can, you can breathe, you breathe in the heat. (sighs) Like when you breathe in through your nose, it's just, it's like you're going next to an oven, just taking a sniff. Yeah. And also totally dusty there. Like, I don't really talk about this that often, but like it feels really it, like when I moved here, it felt really weird to not have white knuckles because <laughs> it's dusty all the time over there. And so like my knuckles would always be white. Like every you uh, if you look at people's hands over there, their knuckles are always white because of the amount of sand that's in the air. That is insane. You, yeah, like, you probably, probably went through sandstorms and stuff, too. <laughs> yeah, like I probably lived with a teaspoon of sand in my lungs. <laughs> oh, my God uh yeah yeah sandstorm sandstorms were yeah that's when i first started wearing uh surgical masks like i was wearing surgical masks way before covid uh because during the storms you shouldn't be breathing in all that sand so people wore surgical masks and sometimes you'd have a rainstorm during a sandstorm and that was you know it's raining mud (laughs) dude that's insane yeah wow that yeah, so insane. the weather here is pretty mild in comparison. I'd imagine, yeah. <laughs> and, I mean, yeah, coming from Chicago, I haven't been in any sandstorms, but I've been in a blizzard before, which was its own monster, because these, like, the, like 
instead of mud flying around it's it's snow that's just like and it's not like you don't look outside and see like snow falling from the sky no like the wind is picking it up from the ground and just taking it everywhere so it's just snow going everywhere it was crazy but it was a really cool experience to just watch it from the window because power went out um it was pretty crazy and then the the like the storm that we had over here in like February, like the po whole power outage and everything. That was crazy. That sucks, man. It can't go to like a hundred plus degrees in the summer and then freeze us out in the winter. That's not fair. I, I don't understand why that happens. Oh God. And then like a week later it was like barbecue weather. Yeah, I like know. You don't even remember it happened. It was so bad. It's just like tried to cover it. I was just tried to pretend like, yeah, what, what, what storm was bad. <laughs> Yeah. Is there anything you're looking forward to in just moving to that area like near Harbor? Like it's up there by Boston, right? Uh, yeah. I haven't really like looked into too many things. I've been like trying to like scout out like halal restaurants and stuff like that. Um, because like my mom is like very concerned about the food thing. She's like, um, I'm going to have to spend my birthday alone up there uh, because it's like mm -hmm. within like the first week of schoolish. So okay. she was like, oh, like, what are you going to have on your birthday? Like, I can't ship you food. So we were trying to find like restaurants nearby that like have the food that I like. Um, I haven't really like thought about anything like particularly up there though. Like I know that I've always wanted to like, it's not in Massachusetts, but I've always wanted to go to New York. So my family and I are going to take a trip up there, That's but yeah, cool. I don't, I don't know anything particularly in like the Boston Cambridge area, um, yet. So hopefully when I get there, I find things that I want to do. Is throwing tea into the harbor still a tradition? <laughs> I'll do it. I'll be like, I'm a, I'm a foreigner, okay? I don't know what to do. <laughs> yeah, there's very few things I know about. I know about the Boston Tea Party and the Boston Marathon and the Boston Celtics, and that's about it. But I, I think that's that's my knowledge on Boston, too. <laughs> I don't know very much about it either. I think Ben Affleck is from there or something. Wow. Is he really? I didn't know that. Well, that's the fourth thing I know about Boston now. <laughs> but, well, you'll, you'll probably find out a lot about it once once you get there. It should be very exciting. Just moving to a new place um, as a whole is just such an exciting... When was the last time you moved anywhere? Um, I was five, I think, so 2009. Dang, so it's, it's a while been, been a while. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, that is exciting. Um, but um, I guess, like, moving into, like, a somewhat different direction uh, on the topic of... Like, I know that you were a kid and you really wanted to go to Harvard for like the longest time. Um, so one question that I would have is like, what is that like driving factor for you? And, um, you know, like, why do you why do you wake up in the morning? Oh, that is a question. I wow. OK, um, like, why do I wake up like any morning? <laughs> no, like like I guess what drives you to keep keep going towards your passions like what what drove you throughout high school to try and get into harvard and what is going to drive you moving forward every single day okay um i think um i read about this in my georgetown application and i didn't like my georgetown application very much but when i went back i realized it was something that i actually um do feel very strongly um something that's like very like important to me is like um like ihsan right so um, that's like the like the kind of Islamic <clears throat> concept of excellence, right? You mm -hmm. want to constantly strive to be your best self. And I think that's something that like my family has done a wonderful job. Like my parents, mashallah, like they're such great parents. Mashallah. They've done like everything for me. I'm so grateful for them. Um, but like they, they constantly like push me to be my best self, you know? I remember when I was younger, my mom used to always say, um, and I used to joke about it a lot too, because I never really understood why she said it, but she used to always say like, whatever you do, be the best. So even if you're going to be a robber, be the best robber. Um, and like my sister and I used to always think about that. And we'd be like, if you're not the best robber, you're kind of in trouble because yeah. then like, if you're not a good robber, you're not a robber anymore. You're yeah. in jail. Um, but um, that's something that like has really stuck with me for a long time. Is like, whatever you're doing, be the best at it. Um, hopefully those things that you're choosing to be the best at are like good things, not bad things like yeah. being a robber. But um, yeah, like that's like, that's kind of like why I wanted to go to Harvard is like, I want to make sure that like, if I know that my potential like allows me to like try to aim for those schools, then I should like channel my potential into those things, right? I should want to go to the best school for, my, for me. Um, I, I should want to do like the best, take the best classes that I think like would help me improve as a person. Um, just like constantly trying to be like your best version um, and then helping those around you. Like don't, don't, don't just let that stay with you. Right. Let that like spirit of Hassan like spread to other people. Um, and so like, you know, like they constantly like push you in high school, to like do like community service and stuff. And a lot of kids get annoyed by it, but I think it's a really good thing. Like, even though they're like being forced to do it for like the first part of it, I think like you can actually like instill 
a lot for your community um, after a time. It's like you want to you want to spread what you've learned and like kind of influence the people around you. Make sure that the other people around you like should be like um, should be um, what's it called? Not influenced. Well, they should be like influenced by you, right? They should be like um, motivated by you. Yeah. They should think that like, okay, I see this person. This person has these dreams and they've put in the work and the effort to do it. Yeah. So like, why can't I, right? I want to be my best version too. And then I think like once you've co- created a community that has excellence, like the only way forward from there is progress, right? Mm-hmm. And that's the only way we can move forward is by making sure that like, we're not staying stagnant. That's so important to me is like, don't let your society just be what it is because yeah. it's never going to be perfect. Um, so there's always constantly somewhere else you can improve. So like be the person that, that starts that change and starts that like kind of reaction chain. Yeah, definitely. I think that's, that's super important. And like, it goes, it really speaks to like, um, you know, just showing people who you are with your actions and inspiring others. I mean, like, even in this call, like I have my friend who inspires me to, um, you know, do a podcast and is always there for me whenever I need anything. And then, um, also my friend who's going to Harvard, which is super, super cool. Um, so just two people that like really inspire me just right here. And then, you know, all of my friends, um, I feel like so blessed to have that, that really like show me. And I, I want, I aspire to be that way too, to, you know, like through my excellence, um, inspire people to be like a better version of themselves. And that's such a, such an important thing. And I've seen like stories, like I have this one friend who's a really, really great guy and, uh, you know, he was going to work and, um, you know, he was just like, the, just because of the person that he was, someone saw like one of his friends at work saw him and became curious as to like, like, why does he act the way that he acts? Like, how is he the person that he is? And because of that, like he started looking into Islam because like, you know, the guy's Muslim ended up converting. Right. And bec- like, just because of the way that he's like saw this man. And so like, it's such a huge concept in Islam and just in general to like, show people who you are like and i guess it's that like that whole concept of like making sure you never lose your identity as well because if that's a part of who you are and that's the reason that you do the things that you do every single day it's going to rub off on others and others will begin to have questions and if you are you know constantly striving for ihsan for excellence and you're trying to be a better version of yourself then that's going to going to impact others in a good way even if you're not directly trying to impact even if you're not going out and doing community service you could just be going to work you could just be at school or or anything and just have that sort of impact on someone and i think that that's so so huge so um i think yeah Uh yeah yeah it's definitely going off like this belief i have that no one's dreams and motivations are completely their own like we all take inspiration from those around us from from our religion um and just we carry we carry that with us right so in that same matter we have we have to try and carry ourselves the best we can so that others who take who you know you might not realize that others take inspiration and um you know, are influenced by you, but they are, right? Everyone who you come into contact with leaves with something from you. So we, we all have to try and, you know, motivate ourselves to be the yeah. best that we can be so that the things that people take away from us are good. Yeah, definitely. And uh, I guess going off that, Labiba, who is someone in your life or what was some point in your life where you were inspired to be a better person or um chase something bigger um i have a friend her name is hannah um she was like super impactful to me shout out to her i'll send this to her then um but she's she's super cool um and she was like a junior when i came into my freshman year of high school so she actually did decathlon with me she's the reason i joined Mm -hmm. um but one thing about her is that she's she's a very she's a very soft person like she's very um like mashallah you see her and she just like you would not know that she like does all these amazing things you know she's just a wonderful person um she was actually my sister's grade and i remember the very first time we saw her i think was like my sister's like sixth grade seventh grade something like that Mm -hmm. award ceremony um and like they're calling all these awards right and like you would never be able to tell that she's getting all these things because she gets up she gets her award she sits back down you know she doesn't say anything about it like 
mashallah like it was just yeah, it, it just makes me crazy. like every time I see her I'm just like wow like that's the kind of person I want to be and my mom like um my mom had told me at that award ceremony before I had even been friends with her I'd never talked to her before my mom had said um but I want you to be like her not just because not because she's smart but because like look at her look at her behavior like that's amazing you know that's yeah. the kind of person you want to be you know, um we would go to award ceremonies during decathlon and you can see like where she gets that impact from. So like her family, like we'd be sitting with, like my parents would be sitting with her parents. Um, and Hannah, wow, she like, we, um, she got to nationals individually and she was like winning all these medals and stuff, right? Wow. Um, and she she actually has like the all-time record for like the highest actec score in like actec history. So it's like really cool that we have that. Um, but like you're sitting with her parents and everyone is clapping for her and they're clapping just like anyone else, but you would not be able to tell that like, those are her parents, wow. you know, like you just cannot tell that like, those are the people, like the, the amount of humility they have is just amazing. Like, you know, like you get these things, but you know that they come from somewhere else, right? Like, you know, that you put in the effort, but like, you know, that like God is really driving that. Yeah. Right. And I just, um, like, I'm just very thankful to have, um, to have met her and seen like all those things that drive her. Like, I know how much like effort she puts into these things, but she never lets that get to her. Mm -hmm. Right. You should never let like all that praise. Um, and it's really hard. Like, you know, people keep mm -hmm. saying these things and it's easy to like make that like, Oh yeah, you're right. I am kind of cool. But like, um, but being able to have like that, like kind of barrier between like the praise and then who you are, that's something that like not a lot of people have, but, um, that's something that I think a lot of people should strive for because yeah. that, that can honestly make the difference between like a, like a good person and a great person. Right. I have like my friend who is our fourth guest, I think, uh, Maheen, she's, oh, wait, no, I was going to talk about Uzair. Oh, no, no, he was our fifth guest, but yeah, Uzair yeah. is also a really good example of this. Um, so dude, I'm with so many friends that are just so cool and like, but so humble at the same time. Um, so Maheen's one of them. Uh, Uzair is also one of them. I'll let you explain that one over, but, um, Maheen was one that like really, really struck me because mashallah, like she does a lot of cool things. And, um, I won't say specifically because she probably doesn't want me to say it um, to like the whole world, but uh, she was doing something really, really cool, meeting someone who I would never even dream of meeting in my entire life, um, just casually for a meeting to set something up for like a fundraiser. And I was like, dude, and she met like so many cool people. Um, she had done such like cool, cool work because she's uh, in, into like political science. And so she's worked with a lot of really like incredible people that like, like big names. And I was like, dude, how do you like, how do you not let this like, get to you and think like you're the coolest person like how do you not think you're the coolest person in the world and she was like you know these are just opportunities that like came to me this isn't something that like i didn't like create this like i just met the right people and it had like the stars aligned for me and i was like i mean mashallah first of all like that is incredible and uh like second i would if i was in that position i would be like screaming and telling the whole world like oh my god i just like this is amazing right so that's that's the kind of character that that is yeah like like you said i'm really grateful to have in my life these people surrounding me and it's just something that is is really really incredible yeah and yeah and just continuing that with the example of zero there was i believe our fifth guest and you know he so i mean you, you can see in the, his episode but like he's like the most humble person you'll ever meet yeah uh despite the fact that he's one of the most amazing people you've ever met the, the guy won um first place at foreign extent finals yeah. or nationals and i mean the way he carried himself after was amazing like all of us were like yeah and he was like no man i just got i just got fortune yeah. i was like yeah i'm just like say i'm gonna punch you yeah bro i don't know how people can do that it's it's so incredible um but uh, it just it just goes to show you like the people that'll stick with you that'll influence you and like stick in your mind the most is you know, they accomplish great things, but, you know, they realize that they still remain humble and realize that, you know, it came from God, it came from Allah, uh, and Allah helped them achieve what they did and that they're blessed. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, that because of that, they'll continue to be successful. Yeah. yeah, I agree. I think, like, character above all other things, like, it doesn't matter what you do in life. If you're an awful person, no one's going to like you anyway. It's like, yeah. great, you cure cancer, but, like, but like, why did you do it? Right. Yeah. Like, did you do it just so you could say you did it? Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely, um, the intention behind it is something that's, that's also super, super important. And I feel like, um, it's, it's that point of, at least like I've felt it. And I, I mean, we see it like this, a lot of the, the people that we see around us that 
you know, even if they're going to become incredibly successful, right? If they're just doing it for the money or they're just doing it for the power, like they're not truly going to be successful because they'll get there and they'll realize that like, oh, like I, what am I gaining from this, right? There was um story of this one guy and his name escapes me, uh, unfortunately, but I uh, was told this story about this guy who was born into a really, really rich family. So he had millions from the day he was born, didn't have to work a day in his life, right? And he had everything right? He had power, he had wealth, he could do anything that he wanted. Um, but he obviously got to a point where he realized this isn't what I want. And it was very early in his life, because he was given everything from the day that he was born. And he realized that like, this isn't what I want. You know, I want something other than this. Because I like, and, and he didn't even have the opportunity to chase, he didn't even earn it, right? And but people that do earn it, like you get there, and you realize like, what did you like? What did you really accomplish? If you're not doing it for for happiness or for any higher purpose, um, other than just you know something worldly, then you're not going to gain anything from that. And you see that in in the faces of the people that are humble when they gain something in in this world or when they accomplish something in this world. When they're very humble about it, you know that like you know they see that higher purpose, right? And they see that, and that is the part that inspires us to be better people. And it's something that's so incredible. And I guess I'll um relate this to something that i saw in a video game because we were talking about fictional things that inspired us but um this is not i guess the most inspiring game uh gta 5 but <laughs> i did learn a lesson <laughs> from uh from the game uh i was playing online and uh basically this dude just gave me like 30 million dollars right and i was like cool like you usually have to like work your way up right like you have to do a bunch of different jobs and then you grind and you eventually you get a ton of money you can buy all these sorts of like cars and you know like a yacht for yourself and stuff like that but i just got this money from some dude so i could buy everything but then i was like wait what's the point in playing the game <laughs> because i already have everything in it right like i can't enjoy the you know getting there the experience of getting there there's no point to playing the game and i like realize that's very similar to to the way that things work in life is that you know once you get there, what's the point? So you have to be chasing something other than something that's in this world. Sometimes you have to do it for yourself or a higher purpose. Yeah, um, I don't know if you guys have ever seen the, the TED Talk by Sean Aker. Um, it's called The Happiness Advantage. He also wrote a book. Um, it's a wonderful book. Um, mm -hmm. But it's kind of like that. Like People always like, like attribute like happiness to success. And that success is kind of like, okay, like when I get like a million dollars or when I get this job, when I pass yeah. this... Um, this class or whatever, that's when I'm going to be happy, right? But what's more important is not to put happiness at like, at like a, at like a success kind of like goalpost like mm -hmm. that, because your success marker is constantly going to be changing, right? Yeah. Like once you pass one test, you're going to want to pass the next one. Mm -hmm. Once you get one job, well, now when do I get the promotion, right? Mm -hmm. um, so it's important to not like attribute your happiness to like those, those materialistic things, but like happiness throughout the journey, right? Like you're saying, like yeah. enjoying the journey and like making sure that you're, you're happy throughout because that's what real success is not like getting there and then saying, okay, I'll be happy now. Yeah. Not saying that like in a couple of years, once I get to like, you know, this amount of money or once I get this job or, you know, once I graduate, then, you know, I can finally be happy. Like, no, what can I do for myself today? What can I do for myself tomorrow to, to change this? And I think that was something that, um, my therapist had really helped me with because I was like, you know, constantly worried about like the bigger picture. Right. And I was like, what am I going to do towards the end of my life? And she was like, you're constantly worried about these things, but it's possible that you're trying to make pieces of a puzzle fit together that don't really fit together. So you should just take the pieces that you have in your life and start putting them together and see where it takes you. And she also said that like, you know, like what does your ideal day look like right now? Focus on that. And that really helped me realize that, you know, it's more, it's more about today you know, tomorrow, like I can plan it out as perfectly as I want to, but it's never going to happen exactly the way that I envision it, right? It's always going to be something different. Like you said, that vision of success is ever changing. So you have to really focus on like, what's going to make me happy today? What's going to, you know, make me feel this, this sense of fulfillment and what's really important to me right now. Yeah. Like happiness is like, not the destination, right? It's the journey. Um, like my sister says this one thing, I can't remember exactly, but like, I think it's called like Amore Fati or something like that. Um, like loving your fate, like whatever comes like, okay, like that was meant to happen. How can I use that to yeah. my advantage? Right? Like, don't be caught up with like, why did that happen? Mm -hmm. Use that to channel like, okay, what do I want to happen? Or how can I use that to be, to be a better person or to get to my goal? Right? Don't let those things stop you. Definitely.
Um, I believe, unfortunately, uh, we're reaching the end uh, of this. It's been so much fun uh, having you here. But of course, as we always like to before we leave, um, we like to ask the guest for some parting advice. Um, and so this can be about anything. Uh, it can be about something specifically related to what we were talking about. But um, what advice do you have for the people out there? Um, we talked about struggling with finding passion. We talked about um, finding happiness along the journey and, you know, struggling with your identity. So many of these things. What advice do you have generally for people out there that could be struggling with these these things? Um, I think especially like in the past couple months, a lot of people have been asking me about college apps and stuff. Right. Um, so, and I think the college apps are kind of a reflection of like your, like your bigger life, um, how you portray yourself to the world. Right. Um, but what's more important than that is like, people are so caught up with like, how am I going to portray myself rather than who am I actually to have to portray? Right. Um, I think it's important to focus more on who you are than like what people are thinking you are. Mm -hmm. Right. Because if you're a good person, then you can only portray good things about yourself and then people are going to see that. So what's important is to work on yourself, believe in yourself. Right. Um, if you want to do something, go do something. If you don't like something about yourself, change it. Right. Those kinds of things like make sure that you're constantly just looking inwards, seeing what can I do to be a better person and how can I use that to influence others around me rather than constantly thinking about like, I need to check off this box, that kind of thing. So um, I think that's like, that's the big advice I'd give to people is like, don't worry about like trying to be exactly like these other people around you, or don't worry about constantly trying to, you know, follow those YouTube videos on like how to get in here, or how to get a job or something like that. Focus on who you are, because like once you're the person you want to be, you're going to get into those jobs that you want that are fit for you that you want to actually have right in the in the long run. So um, yeah, that's what I would say is like, um, one of my favorite quotes is from Dr. Seuss. Um, even though he's kind of a controversial guy, um, but uh, be who you are and say what you feel because those who mind don't matter and those who matter don't mind. That's like something that calls to me in every aspect of my life, you know, be who you are. And then like, don't be afraid to use your voice and actually like be that person and say what you feel. Right. Um, and don't let those people around you stop you, but then also make sure that you have a support system. Right. Yeah. Definitely. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us today, Labiba. And, uh, well, as always, everyone, thank you for listening and be sure to uh, check out our YouTube page and follow us on Instagram and Twitter at a cup of coffee pod or email us in the description below. You can listen to us on Spotify, YouTube and most places where podcasts are listened to. See you next week. Bye, everyone.